0: good morning good afternoon and good evening and welcome back to the adam ablin podcast podcast all about personal development self-improvement working on yourself and becoming the best possible version of yourself and i've got a great episode for you today so i invited a guest on to the podcast one of the reasons for doing this i want to i feel a little bit of an obligation um, with my demographic to really learn a lot about menopause and really per- perimenopause and help the people help the demographic of people who follow me i was on at first sight the, the demographic of my following are it's probably the, the average is probably 35 year old female i think my following is 93 percent female so a, a lot of them are going to be hitting perimenopause menopause within the next 10 to 15 years and um, and i get a lot of questions from not only clients from people on my social media Um, about this. So I wanted to find out a little bit more. So I brought on someone that I've uh, worked with a little bit in the past. I brought her on um, to do a webinar for my female clients on menopause and perimenopause. Um, So in today's episode, you're probably going to learn a lot about what menopause actually is, the symptoms of perimenopause, what's the difference, uh, how it fits in with health and fitness, what you can do to to cope that. But you're also just going to hear a good chat about what you can do to really be the best possible version of yourself when it comes to health and fitness and managing yourself, building good habits. So uh, hopefully you enjoy this episode. So without further ado, let's get into it. And uh, yeah, if you like the episode, as always, please share it with a friend, um, give it a a rating or just enjoy the episode. And yeah, speak soon. So yeah, welcome Anna to the podcast. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. Thanks for inviting me. Not a problem. Not a
0: problem. So last time we spoke, Uh, One of the things that I wanted to find out more about for myself, but also for a lot of my clients, uh, was more about menopause because it was getting into coaching. A little bit of background for me, getting into coaching, I I got into it through bodybuilding and through sort of building muscle. And then obviously coming off the back of a TV program, my demographic was middle, well, 20 to 40 females. Um, So I, I had to switch across um to coaching women um, uh, and a lot of it w- was to do with weight loss and then when I was getting questions about menopause um and sort of perimenopause I, I didn't really have all the answers so I looked online for someone uh, to, to help me out and then I came across your profile loved the, the things that you're putting out so you actually came on and did a, an absolutely amazing webinar for, for all my female clients it cleared a lot up for me um but it cleared a lot up for them as well so that was last time we spoke so yes. what I kind of want to know um was how did you sort of get into um the things that you're you're into? And yeah, if you can just tell us a little bit of a little bit of backstory about you, if that's all right.
1: Yeah, of course. So I'm a nutritionist with the traditional educational background here in the US. I went to school for four years and then I did a master's degree in human nutrition. Um I'm, I, you know, I came to uh, do more of the clientele clinical nutrition. You know, I never liked to be in a hospital (laughs) because like you, I like the fitness component. And I ended up in my beginning, you know, I was on my twenties. I, I was more into sports nutrition. I actually had I coached some Olympian beach volleyball players. They went oh, wow. to the Atlanta 1996. I'm pretty proud of it, yeah. you know, starting like on my 20s. But recently, you know, like coming <laughs> years later, um, when, you know, I was pretty good into my career and my own health. But when I hit around my 40s, beginning of my 40s, I had a, personally I had a, right a really um, strong and difficult challenge with my own health. Yeah. not only my my body composition was changing. I felt like things were different um, physically, but also mentally I was very fatigued, I couldn't sleep well um you know I, I felt like what is going on it's hitting me hard and I'm just yeah. on my 40s this is weird so and and you know being with lifestyle and wellness um, in the wellness field I I knew I was doing things right but something was going on um physiologically in my body yeah. so I started looking and at that time um it was you know beginning of, 2000 something beginning of the 2000s and um there wasn't nothing there was there was not much information out there in terms of menopause. I think this is a recent uh phenomena that people are in you know, even Oprah is talking about yeah. menopause and these uh, celebrities are you know more open about it and talking discussing which is great, right because yeah. it um it creates awareness to this topic. So uh, needless to say, I started seeing, you know, more women in in this kind of age group between, you know, after their forties, when perimenopause hits and it hits us hard, like 80 to 90% of us have symptoms of perimenopause and, and a lot, like I said, a lot to do with physical symptoms, but also Um, like energy and mind and emotional um, symptoms as well so I kind of like okay I you know what I'm going to help women at this (laughs) crazy time of our lives to try to manage it um, better like I did right so um, that's how I came to kind of specialize and then I took a bunch of courses whoever is into um, nutrition yeah. and fitness and is out there doing anything in terms of menopause. And I have a, a bit of two references that are my mentors is Dr. Stacy Sims. She's great. You can, you know, definitely follow her work. She has two books published. She's a nutrition scientist, but specializing in uh, women's or female physiology. And the other one is Dr. Carla DiGirolamo, who is a really badass doctor who does CrossFit. She's um, an yeah. endocrinologist. So, um, so I followed them, uh, their footsteps, and um, to be able to kind of uh, you know uh, find information and specialize within this, this you know um this time this period of time in a woman's life yeah
0: yeah and one thing that you you touched on there about the the sort of unknown for me especially being a a male I didn't really until I started digging into it until like I had to find out more about it I really didn't understand the changes that a a female body goes through to be honest I didn't understand the change that a, a female body goes through before menopause like the the menstrual cycle until you All actually right. start start looking into it. And you kind of have to, because as someone who has female clients, I have a duty to know what, what is going on and what's going on with the bodies and why certain times of the month they might be struggling or that like more turning to food a little bit more or bloating or seeing the, the weight on the scales change, even though they're doing everything right. So I kind of had to figure a lot of that out. And when I started looking into perimenopause, menopause, it it was crazy. And I, I was like, whoa. And I actually wrote down one, one of the questions for you, and I think it might be good to just talk a little bit on this now, but why sort of males should actually look into to menopause, because I feel like if more males actually understand, understand what females go through, it's a little bit of an unlock because you can actually connect with your partners or your friends or your mothers a, a lot more. Exactly.
1: Yes, I totally agree. And I'm so glad you are open to do that because yeah. it's it's a big change it can be very uh challenging for women and having that support with a partner with a coach who's supporting who understands the challenges yeah and you know the even like the sleep not sleeping well how can you perform that well in your workout you, not, you need to understand that your client is had a terrible night of sleep has no energy um, has brain fog has all these things going on and you have to support it doesn't mean that you need to you know treat like a baby <laughs> we're, yeah. we're not delicate flowers <laughs> but uh, we just have to adjust right yeah. we need to just um, just to adjust to this time so yeah so it's I'm, I'm glad you are um, open you know you've you've been curious about it you've contacted me a couple of times and um, to provide to your clients that, yeah. you know, that support.
0: Yeah, I'll yeah. definitely be sharing this, this podcast with them. That That is for sure. So yeah. one, one of the things I think we, we should kind of talk about is just like a brief, like menopause, perimenopause 101. What is menopause? Um, and how does it sort of come about? How does it affect females?
1: Yeah, so that's a like the foundation that we have to build on. Yeah. knowing that what, what is happening, right? So menopause is a point of time that uh, it's actually an anniversary, 12 months of a woman not having her period, right? Yeah. So, but what does that mean? It means that her ovaries, her reproductive health has changed because she's not releasing eggs. So she's basically, she won't be pregnant again, right? So it's the end of a woman's reproductive years. So this woman will not be producing spe- specifically two um, hormones, progesterone and estrogen. And I know that in England, you say estrogen. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, so these two hormones are you know, the main um like sexual and reproductive health um hormones. So we're not producing that. The age it you know, when we hit menopause here in the US is around 51 to 52 years of age. Yeah. But before that, um there is perimenopause, and perimenopause is a kind of like this. You know, gray area because there is no specific age. There is, you know, the average age is around 45, but some women can go in perimenopause around their 35, 35 years of age. You can start feeling, you know, the symptoms. And, the the hard thing, the difficult thing, is that we cannot know uh, if it's perimenopause for sure with blood work. Yeah. Menopause, you can go take, you know, go to a doctor, get some hormone testing, and you will know that you are in menopause, but not perimenopause because, and this is the reason why so many women have symptoms. Eighty to ninety percent of women have symptoms of uh, perimenopause. So. Perimenopause is not a disease, it's just a condition like this time before menopause, where um, our bodies are trying to adjust to this new reality. So what happens is, you know, I I, I never knew before, you know, if you say you are are a male, and you never knew this, imagine me, I'm a female on my female body. And I never knew this, that um, throughout a female body, there are more than 300 different sites or places where there are estrogen receptors so estrogen is a hormone right and all hormones they act like signals they tell organs systems tissues uh some signal to for an action for to produce something to do something right yeah. so can you imagine all around our brain our skin our you know the liver, gut, everywhere, muscles, we have these receptors for estrogen. Now what's happening in perimenopause, we are starting to, you know, the body is starting to not produce, especially the ovaries, not release and produce estrogen so much yeah. because we we are preparing for menopause. Menopause is gonna, you know, come. So the ovaries are not producing, yes, go ahead.
0: Is that the main cause of the the symptoms, the the drop in? Yes, because the estrogen,
1: yes, estrogen is not being produced as much, but um, these receptors are all waiting for signals, but they're not getting it. But then since the body is kind of trying to adjust, sometimes it will, you know, the ovaries will produce more estrogen one day. And then you have like this, you know, kind of like, a dump of estrogen and then you the body's like whoa yeah. what happened here right and progesterone as well but progesterone is the other hormone it has more of a steady decline but estrogen since it has so many functions everywhere in our bodies it's it's kind it's trying to you know to get the, the world out but yeah. it can't because it's shutting down the ovaries are pretty much like hey we're done
0: <laughs> is, so is, is that why perimenopausal women
1: and that obviously
0: since last time we spoke i've noticed a lot more because I, I what i was taking in from from last time is that why perimenopausal women will fluctuate they'll they'll have times where they, they do feel good and they feel like oh i'm, I'm all right and then they'll have other yes. times where they feel fatigued tired like they mm-hmm. That like they're, they're getting a little bit of anxiety and that just th- those sort of symptoms is, is it because the estrogen is having those dumps and having the sort of periods yes, where it's not exactly producing?
1: so the the theory we don't know anything it's like you know we we have these theories that like scientists and uh, the medical research is the theory is because of this fluctuation this erratic uh, behavior of um, estrogen right. And also, just to point out, since you, we're talking about horm- um, symptoms, there are uh, diagnostic uh, qualified symptoms. There are 34 symptoms that you can trace it to perimenopause. So there are 34 symptoms. <laughs> That's which is Which is a lot. <laughs> yeah. And things that we don't even imagine. So skin, itching, um, but definitely the most common ones are hot flushes, right. Um, So weight gain is another one. And that has to do with the change in estrogen because, uh, and, and I think this is one that many people are curious, many women are curious, why do I suddenly see my abdominal fat growing? And, you know, I, maybe even you never had any issues before, but now you're seeing that change. Yeah, it's because with the lack of estrogen is actually what makes a woman more of the feminine shape. Uh, we have more fat in our hips and and, you know, we have that. And of course, the breasts and all uh, feminine, uh characteristics of a woman. Without it, we have more of a male characteristic. So uh, there's this is actually known by you know, research that the decline of estrogen will create more uh, uh, tendency to uh, abdominal fat storage. So yes. that's one of the symptoms that we start observing, that body composition change, the brain that- fog...
0: Yeah, I, I noticed that with a lot of people that come to me in in the forties, and they, they they're saying to me like I'm doing everything that I used to do, and I'm I'm putting on weight, or like I'm I'm doing even more than I used to do, and I'm not seeing sort of the the, the weight loss, and that I have yeah. to kind of say, have you considered that you might be sort of perimenopausal, or have you sort of mm-hmm. look, looked into to these sort of things? And um, it so they, it's hard sometimes ha- having to say that to them because. Like I feel like it's still a little bit of a, like a, a taboo, a, unspoken, especially like a, as sort of like a, a male, it's sort of like an unspoken subject. Um, so yes. trying to like say that to them, it's sort of hard for me sometimes to know how to word that correctly.
1: <laughs> yeah, the taboo comes yeah. with like, oh, I'm I'm getting old, you know. So there, that you know, it comes with midlife. So there's a lot of that. But also uh, an important point, Adam, is to think, Okay, well, so does that mean that that's it? I can't do anything about it. No, it doesn't mean that you just will have, you know, more of a abnormal fat without having the ability to change it you can but you also mentioned like some some women might be pushing harder like oh my gosh this is happening i'm going to push harder i'm going to exercise more and i'm going to decrease my calories and that's the least we want to do and that comes with and and i want to make this clear um, because this is I think the key factor of the many of the challenges that we see especially with body composi- composition changes is that since you know like I said the body's trying to adapt to the, to this new reality there is an underlying uh daily uh stress response because it is a stress it's a physiological stress that yeah. is happening so what that what that means is that, we are almost um, on a stress uh, kind of fight and flight mode uh, daily so can you imagine having that and our daily stressors in life right Um, work financial problems kids and all these things that can add to stress so that comes with that um, you know we we see on social media, people talking about cortisol, right? The stress hormone and cortisol is not by itself. It's not a bad thing. It is bad when we are releasing it in abnormal quantities or too long. And that can happen during perimenopause, even just because we are going through this physiological change. So when we see uh, women doing even harder workouts and dieting and extreme diets—you are adding another factor of stress. So we don't want that. We want a don't even reasonable... get me
0: started on extreme. Yes, patterns.
1: I know that you are moderate. We think yeah. very similar we do. on yeah. our yeah our principles of nutrition and you know being um, balanced about it. And not... I love what
0: you call your—I think it's your program—is it Nourished After Forty?
1: Yes, I, I love yes. the
0: the wording of that. Like even just yeah. the nourishing, the fueling yourself up right, eating proper nutrients, prioritizing exactly. good health food, but having balance as well. Like yes. I, I, I love that.
1: Yeah, women have to be more patient at this time. They yeah. they they can change their body composition. It just needs to be, you know, more progressively. It can't be twenty pounds in one month. Yeah. <laughs> So it needs to be more progressively. Um, it needs to have an emphasis on muscle strength, and that's your area. You know this very well because we lose muscle mass. This is not only because of menopause, but also aging. Yeah. Right. This and- is one
0: thing I was I was gonna really like dig, dig dig into the the stat that blew my mind last time when when we spoke. There was a couple actually. It's a certain percentage of women put weight on, um, and then um a certain percentage of women uh, you you lose a, per- a certain percentage of uh muscle mass going through through the menopause mm-hmm. and one of the things that I've, I've said to a few of my clients sometimes because some some sometimes they've been doing everything right like the they've been doing the, the strength training the resistance training getting the steps in staying active eating a good balanced diet trying to sort of eat in a calorie deficit and the weight's just not moving and one of the things that I've kind of said to them, and I've had to again word it correctly, but I've said like, "What what is the stat about how many women put on weight during menopause?" Sixty five percent. Sixty five percent. So I've, I've yeah. had to say to them sometimes, like, "Look, I know you're not losing weight, and I know it's not going exactly in the direction that you're going, but the fact that you're actually maintaining the weight right now is a massive, massive positive, and that's not the only positive you're going to be doing because the what was the stat about the um, muscle mass. Muscle mass.
1: Well, three to eight uh, percent decrease in muscle mass per decade.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, like I, I always say, and one of the best things that you can do during sort of, but just any time is to just try and keep hold of that muscle mass. That should be one of your number one fights, like working the muscle. You yeah. don't have to turn into a bodybuilder, but just doing bodyweight exercises is resistance training because your body's a weight, yes. like using that as a resistance is one of the best things that you can do for longevity. But I, I saw actually you were, uh, you shared something about from Peter, I always forget his second name,
1: Peter Artia. Atia, yeah yeah yes yeah he's yes. he's
0: big into longevity and i believe he said something about the percentage of the the how much muscle mass you have and sort of bone density is one of the biggest contributing factors to how long you you could potentially live is that is that correct
1: yes i think so and um uh... Uh, I think you know this is. I this is a new. The, he calls it new medicine. Yeah. Um. To to look into prevention, instead of you know getting to an old age and trying to recover or to try to, you know, um, get the best. So he 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 talks about like how it's much more important for us to do the work as soon as possible. Yeah and not get to a point in our 80s where we already have sarcopenia which is that debilitating uh, atrophy of the muscle like my my dad had that and he was a walker he walked every day and i kept telling my my father like you need to do some resistance training you need i can see that you don't have muscles dad you need to go and i hired a trainer for him but yeah. you know it's just that mentality he was from a generation that it was more cardio exercises yeah. and walking so it's important for people to and i think that's great adam we need to make sure that the mindset of women is not stuck on trying to you know get into a thin body because thinness is actually not great for longevity osteoporosis women that are too skinny they have much more chances of developing osteoporosis you know weak bones and um we don't want to you know that the skinny also means a very low lean body mass it can be right it's about about body composition so don't focus too much on weight on a scale, but focus on your uh muscle mass, your percent muscle mass, your lean body mass. And that will not only be good for your health now, but in the future. You need to think about that because we are every decade that goes by, we are less prone to put on muscles and women in particular, right? Yeah. So that's important to think yeah. about that.
0: I I I one of the the biggest things that I, I try and do with every single member or, or client of mine, I always try and get them to, it, like, obviously, fitness and health is, is doing what you enjoy, and sometimes it's it's really hard to get people to do it because they don't enjoy it. But I I always try to, I always say, like, the the health benefits are, are absolutely incredible. I'm actually doing a webinar with them tomorrow, um, on ten benefits of strength training. Um, and that's just 10. I could have picked a, a hell of a lot more The the amount of like, benefits to it. And uh, I think anyone listening to this should just start trying to implement it into, into, I know you're, you're big on it now. I see it on your, your social media, li- lifting your weights. Yes. And yeah. It's, yes.
1: It, and I wasn't until yeah. my forties. Isn't that interesting? It It's, it's something that I, again, it's maybe my generation was into cardio and yeah more of that type of women have been conditioned my age especially you can probably see some resistance into like uh, I don't want to get bulky I don't want to be you know I think it is changing
0: a little bit it's changing I I do think because I am getting a lot of older I'm not saying old but older women come to me and say "I, I want to start toning up I want to start doing some strength training I think the the words definitely getting out and there's a lot more Mm -hmm. scientists and a lot more people coming on podcasts talking about this kind of thing. And um, it it is definitely changing, isn't it?
1: It's great. And I'm, I'm so glad. And um, even if you don't enjoy it, um, I I guess you can find ways to enjoy it. it. You know, you can put some music, you can find a good trainer to encourage you. But if not, if you really hate it, you just have to do it like we need to brush our teeth. You know? I, I, just... <laughs> I use
0: that. I use that analogy all the time. It's, it's, it's so good it's just for something anyone. We that,
1: need to do. Yeah,
0: I I, I always say you, you don't need to be motivated to to brush your teeth. We do it because it's healthy for us. We know we have to do it, and we have to have that relate, exact same relationship with with working out. It's such a it's such a good
1: example. Yes, we just have to put that in our heads that, you know, it's important for us. And I think I tell also my clients for envisioning actually like closing your eyes and envisioning your future as a grandmother. um, And like, what kind of grandmother do you want to be the one that is weak and fragile? Or do you want to be the one that takes the kids to the parks and you know plays with them? Of course you want to be active. Of course you want to get into your 60s, 70s, even 80s with you know functionality in your body. You want to be able to be functional, you want to be able to go to the grocery store by yourself and carry your own, your own grocery bags. Yeah. I want to be able to do all of these things without having to depend on other people, right? Think about that. I'm I'm I that's one motivation for me. Yeah. Because I'm human, you know. Sometimes I wake up and I'm not motivated to to do my workout. But I think about that. No, actually I have these kids that will have kids and i want to be an active grandmother i want to be yeah. able to do all these things right I, so i say
0: this important 100 i i say, it's, I, I say it, it's funny i remember when we, when we first spoke it was crazy the amount of similarities that we we spoke about um and we, we always said we should do a podcast together but i say the exact same things to to my my clients almost every webinar that i do it almost always comes up i, I always say i wish my, my grandma's i think she's just turned 80 and she she can't move amazing she's got to use mm-hmm. like um a, a mobile scooter now to to properly move And 80 is still still a great age but i just wish that i could have gone back in time and said here's a little strength training program there you go and then that now she it it might not have happened but there's a good a very, very good chance you'd still be a lot more mobile. And I always use that example uh, because I, I feel like it, it's such an amazing example. Often we get so focused on the weight on the scales and so focused on exactly how we want to look. And then we don't think about, oh, do you know what? I'm actually doing this for longevity to be able to be fit, healthy, strong, for be able to yes. look after myself, stand on my own two feet for, for as long as possible.
1: Exactly, yeah. And live life fully right yeah. you want to live life normally not being um like i like i said depending on other yeah. people so yeah definitely we it's almost like we need to um brainwash ourselves with this new idea the concept of longevity in all aspects of it not yeah. focus on just like uh, just the aesthetics or and it's hard because out there in the media we have a lot of pressure to look yeah. a certain way
0: i think right, right right now is probably the the hardest the most pressure I, mm-hmm. I i suppose there's always been pressure through different generations whether it be magazines tv obviously now we've got social media and it's Just social media mm-hmm. we're on it so much i, I feel like it is Pressure, which I, which is why we need to keep spreading this message exactly what we're talking about and doing it. For, yes. And it, like I say, the, there's a lot more people talking about this kind of thing now, and it's I love it. I, I love yeah. listening to to people talk about exactly sort of this thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wellness, health, well-being, quality of life. You know, focus on your energy level. Right. There are so many uh, progress when we we go and talk to how a client. Progressed. I don't want to to talk about the weight, you know. Maximum, if there is anything related to physical attributes, it would be yeah. okay. Did you gain any lean body mass? Do you your muscle mass increase? Like a client just this morning um, emailed me, very happy and these were her words i increased my muscle mass i'm so happy yeah you know i was like oh that's great i'm doing i'm doing my job here because she was one who was really focused on weight and oh i want to reach this specific weight and i had to work on her on her mindset yeah to change that and and you know sleeping better more energetic being able to move better not having joint pains and their mood right we can yeah it's um, it's our- not it's
0: not always the the easiest because a lot of the time people come don't they for I I, I want to lose weight and then it's it's a little bit of a battle just to try and get them to think in a certain way and it it's amazing when you do see that mindset change but I I completely yes. agree I when I share sort of transformations from, from my clients I in the back of my mind I'm always like there's there's other people putting just as much work in and then not seeing the results so I, I always it's a double-edged sword but obviously it's amazing to share people's progress and show what what can be done but at the same time like I'm like oh like I, I try and focus on other things not just sort of weight and, and things like that
1: yeah and especially at this age like um like I say with perimenopause and yeah. menopause there are so many other factors because One of them, unfortunately, the mood, because uh, estrogen uh, helps serotonin production, the feel-good hormone. So the numbers, I think 30% of women can get depression at this time, you know, or anxiety. That's
0: such a big, big number. I listened to uh, the James Smith podcast and he had uh, a menopause doctor on and, and she was talking about sort of how females go through the, the this certain age and the the depression of it and mm-hmm. like the, the suicidal rates that that can spike during this time it is it's crazy and until you start learning about it and actually opening your eyes to it you, you would never never realize.
1: Yes, and and it's a chemical imbalance. It's not yeah. anything else. Other, you know, and there is no specific reason. It just happens, and and also mood swings and all. You know, I, I was talking about these different mood and emotional changes that happen at this time, and then you you add in the factor that you are feeling, you know, your body's changing, your skin tone is changing. So there is that, uh, you know, midlife kind of uh, confrontation with yeah. aging, right? And then we see all these anti-aging uh, campaigns for for women especially, you know, you, you need to change your face, your wrinkles and all yeah. that. So there's a lot of uh, the, this kind of like the mindset that we need to also, when you get your clients, it's not just, okay, the physical body, but also the emotional component, you know, that comes with this time. Yeah. So it's it's a hard time, but it's also a positive time because I think it's you know we we can get hit hard with symptoms that wake us up for like whoa, I need to take care of myself. Yeah. Right. I need to take care of my sleep. I need to to manage my stress. I need to work out. I need to care for my muscles. I need to care for my nutrition. All of those things will help you so much, your quality of life. And for some people, you know, like myself included, when I started um, doing strength training, it was a a wonderful thing that I was like oh wow this is really helping me yeah so it's an opportunity too so it's not all bad it's an opportunity and the good news Adam there is (laughs) light light at the end of the tunnel after five years of you know hitting menopause these symptoms start to subside and we we adapt. Our bodies are amazing, yeah. huh? We adapt to this new reality. So all the, our hormones are not fluctuating, it yeah. kind of flatline, they they flatline and we adapt. And we feel many women on their 55, 60s, they say, especially for those who had like uh lots of symptoms and yeah. Struggled with those, they say that that it's much better because you're more in peace. Yeah. You don't have those mood swings. You don't. You have so. I, so I remember much. you
0: saying it's the more like the hormones are more like male hormones. they're, they're more flat line They're not spiking around Fluctuating.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm looking towards that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for that. You
0: know, a so. couple of uh, questions that I, I kind of w- wanted to ask. So it's more around. Because I know I, this is what I always get questions around, more around weight loss or and weight gain, sort of around menopause. Does like, I've seen different like varying things on this? Does your metabolism slow down through menopause, or is that a myth?
1: Uh, I think it, it's a little bit of a myth because yeah. uh, physiologically, there is no reason why metabolism would slow down. Except if um, if muscle mass is decreasing a yeah. lot, which That's it does. What I think, yeah. which it does, I was, I was... but it's more because of aging yeah. and not being as active or not using, you know, not not doing the proper exercise for maintaining that muscle. So I think that has to do more with a body composition uh, aspect than m- menopause itself or changes in hormones. Um, Because, or I think also if that's individual differences for people that have like um, gone through strict dieting, right? Or doing fasting for a long time, you can see a drop in metabolism, but that drop would be maybe 100 100 calories per day maximum. So I don't know how much would that be.
0: You know, I the... I think it's probably more correlation, not causation. Like I, I yeah. think like it's the joint joint pain stopping people moving as much. It's the bloatedness exactly stopping, like making people a little bit more depressed. Probably turning to food a little bit more. Like, yeah. Or or, or those, those kind of things. I I remember when you did the webinar, you spoke about sort of the the pillars of trying to like not combat it, but like just generally be, be healthy, be strong, be active. What, what were those pillars?
1: Yeah. So, well, I think there there are things that we need to focus on. Yeah. First of all, that we already talked about yeah. is to increase muscle mass, you know, muscle strength. We need, we need that. And nutrition, the second thing i guess the important thing is to not be extreme with your nutrition we need so in terms of nutrition we need some specific nutrients more at this time we need to make sure we have enough carbs yeah um and that's because you know the brain uses 60 percent of any circulating glucose in our bodies it goes for the brain and since we have all these um estrogen receptors in the brain that's why we have depression mood swings lack of sleep hot flashes it's all in the brain yeah so imagine if we're not giving the brain what it's you know it it likes glucose it likes carbohydrates yeah. so I've tried it's
0: low carb wasn't low for me carb, at
1: all no and, and you're a man needed. it's not needed imagine so. a woman yeah. who, who is struggling already so we need to have enough carbs we we do need to focus on protein for you know muscle yeah. mass and muscle recovery so I'm sure you see this happening too, that most women are not, when they come to you before they know you, they probably are not eating enough protein. That's what I see. So protein is a big one. Um, And then calcium just to prevent osteoporosis that will come. So we need to focus on these nutrients, right? And so nutrition needs to be on point. You need to make sure you're you're getting your nutrition right, um, and then your strength training, and um, we need for many women there's a lot of inflammation going on. So manage inflammation is also important, and you can manage that through your nutrition. Exercise also is is you know decreases inflammation so having a healthy lifestyle also decreasing for inflammation um, and stress management and sleep so those are the other two components uh, yeah. very important at this time it's not about just exercise it's not about just nutrition if you are stressed out if you cannot sleep everything else will be you know down the drain because you need to focus on these two components of life, of, of health actually. Yeah. So stress management and sleep, you need, you need to make sure that you sleep. And that's a tough one because 60% to 70% of women at this time, perimenopause and menopause, they don't sleep well. So that's a, a huge one that can compromise everything else, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I I often say two of the things that could have the the biggest impact on like your health, your fitness. Like if you're just getting into it, or like even if you're advanced or anything, uh, aren't actually directly involved with it. But it's more to do with your your sleep and stress management. If you can keep your stress levels down, that can have a massive knock on effect to yeah your sleeping. If you sleep well, that can have a knock on effect to sort of your your relationship with food, like your your like. Your energy levels, your, your mood, that like, all, all these yeah. things, and it, it, they all like intertwine together. So if one of them is lacking a little bit, it's gonna be, a, it's gonna have a little knock on effect to all of them. And then if all of them are, are, are a decent place, they're they're kind of gonna bring each other up because they're they're all working in harmony together. Yeah. Like yeah. You, 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 yeah, they they definitely def- definitely definitely important. Too. Yeah,
1: Yeah. So in sleep is a tough one because, you know, um, some women suffer from. Um, hot flushes or night sweats so that it wakes them up <laughs> in the middle yeah. of the night and you can't go to sleep so that needs to be treated sometimes you need medical attention you need to go to a doctor you need hormone therapy for that and it can help a lot with the uh, hot flushes And you, you need to try to get that sleep as much as possible and stress management. It's hard because we live in a world that is stressful, but we also have the knowledge that things like meditation or deep breathing, simple strategies can decrease our cortisol levels. If we, if we take five deep breaths you know those deep belly breaths yeah five times it reduces cortisol it's already known that that's a fact so we can do that we can we can try to be more aware more mindful of like oh my my heart is racing right now because i just got this i don't know bad news from work or something like that so try to breathe deeply and try to calm yourself okay let me (laughs) let me do some some that's what I call self-care self-care for me is not just going to get your nails done or your hair done which which is great but I think it's being mindful of you know your your needs your stress when you need some some peaceful time and even if you have a chaotic life so all of those things will help in in fact I think many of my clients that have they are on the peak of their careers very you know lots of responsibilities they have elderly parents they have older kids you know either teenagers or they're yeah. leaving the house so you you have all these stressors right and and then you put on top of that your own physiological stress so that is really important to not forget those not push it under the carpet you need to take care of your stress so even for your clients who are saying i'm stuck on my you know physical body that doesn't go anywhere and i can't lose weight you know how how is your sleep how is your stress level are those components of your quality of life and health are those being addressed yeah that's that's an important question to ask
0: yeah, yeah, it's
1: definitely definitely one that
0: I, I think I- I'm going to do mm-hmm. more to talk about um, and do a do a webinar on that that soon. Um, one question that I, I had, I, I, w- I want to like like I said at the beginning, my demographic is probably the like a, a generation that's just about to start hitting perimenopause or menopause because a lot of my following came off the back of the TV program Married at First Sight, so the the demography, I think I've got 93% female following and it's a lot of it is around 35. So I think one of the best things that I can do to really sort of give the best information to them is to really sort of learn about menopause and speak, speak more about it. So I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and listening to things about it. And one of the things that keeps coming up is sort of HRT and hormone replacement therapy. I was just wondering sort of what, what your thoughts were on, on that?
1: Yeah, I think there is a place for HRT because some of, some of us women cannot take HRT if we have breast cancer, our mothers or ourselves. Yeah. So there are, and doctors will definitely know this, but, um, nowadays it's, There are many different types. It doesn't have to be a pill, which can, you know, increase the risk of blood clots for some women. It can be a patch. There are creams. There are different ways to do uh, hormone replacement. I think for some women is a game changer. There are symptoms, especially hot flashes. Uh, It definitely worked for me. Um, And I also think that there is a little bit still, unfortunately, a little bit of misconception about hormone replacement because in, I think, 2001, there was a big study, the uh, Women's Health Initiative, that found that uh, hormone replacement in these women that they were studying was increased their risk for cancer and other health risks. So there was a drop of like forty percent of prescription at least in the U.S. Um, yeah. The doctors were not; they were scared to prescribe it for women, which is unfortunate because um, for many women is it, like I said a game changer yeah. for their quality of life.
0: I've heard that but, um, on on a couple of podcasts, which is kind of why I. Wanted to bring it up just in case anyone was listening, they were really struggling it it could yeah. always like and i've got I'm definitely not qualified to tell anyone to do this, but that definitely potentially speak to a doctor maybe ask them about it and see see what they they recommend yeah
1: and... because that study was very flawed it it was studying women who are already who, who were already 65 years or older that's not the population that we're talking about uh, yeah. for like perimenopausal and early menopausal women you know around 40s and 50s there's not many risks associated except if you have an individual risk, like I said before. So going to a provider, a GP who understands uh, menopause and uh, the British Menopause Society, uh, uh, actually the International Menopause Society and the British Menopause Society, they have great websites with a list of providers and uh, they have a position statement on hormone therapy. If people are reluctant, especially women who are scared yeah. to take, um, but going to a good uh, provider who who knows about menopause, they can actually, um, and usually they give the minimum, the lowest dosage and see if that helps. And if not, it increases a little bit. And then you, you know, for some women, it can be very beneficial
0: yes. for
1: others might it might not but for many women like i said um some uh mood uh regulation especially hot flashes And even some help with body composition, some women, that's not the majority, but some women see some uh, benefits on their body composition just by uh, using hormone replacement. But the most important thing for hormone replacement, I think the the most benefit comes for hot flushes. I think that's the, the main one. But also, I think there's a lot of research with that after this Uh, study was pretty much debunked, Um, there is a lot of interest in, okay, how can we uh, optimize, you know, hormones and replace them when women are experiencing all these symptoms to maybe um, uh, benefit from it, right? So there's a lot of studies and people that are, even like for osteoporosis prevention, I have a client who is taking um hormones because she's young she's only on her 50s but she already is diagnosed with osteoporosis yeah. and 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 um hormones uh, rep- uh, hormone replacement helps with that uh, so anyway so there are a lot of benefits for cardiovascular protection brain hot flushes and yeah. and general well-being so I think um, definitely we- it's something you, you should consider
0: yeah yeah, I think when when people hear about like hormone testosterone or like estrogen, they, they kind of think, oh, like they probably think towards steroids and things like that. But it's mm. it, it's not the case, is it? It's more it's what your body naturally produces. You're just giving it a little bit more because it's not producing it. And like, exactly, I, I think. I, i've seen a lot of studies about sort of elderly not elderly men but older men taking uh, testosterone and having like a, a massive impact on them and it's definitely something that when the time comes out i'm definitely gonna look, look into um yeah because... and
1: probably it will be even better uh you know, because like i said there's a lot of research in that uh in that using it for quality of life and yeah. longevity right and with precautions, of course, and um, and that's one, another kind of, uh, there's a, a little bit of, um, and I guess in, in Britain, in Great Britain might not be the same as in the US, but there's controversy of like the types of hormones here is approved by the FDA, right? Um, so there are doctors that prescribe, like you say, maybe a higher dosage of hormones that these are like yeah. compounded pharmacies. So we don't have to talk about it, but yeah. if you go to a uh, a doctor in Great Britain, I'm sure uh, you guys have even uh, the the what what do you guys have for national health care? I think it, you can get it for free there. NHS. Which is different. Here. NHS. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So um, it's uh,
0: very overwhelmed at the minute. the NHS. So there's long, long wait times, but it's still it's still really good uh, that yes. we, we do get it for free.
1: Yes. Yes. Because other countries, you know, like the U S yeah. you have to pay or, you know, you have to have insurance, but anyway, so yeah, benefit. I think is it is beneficial overall, but uh, according to individual differences, that's why a doctor would see what are the risks, you know, for, uh, and the benefits, you know, if the, yeah. the benefits outweigh the risks definitely can help with your quality of life. So why not? Right? That's And
0: that's, that's exactly what what me and you try, try and get across to people, like try and help them coach them. Uh, although a lot of people come for just health and fitness, health and fitness has a huge, huge impact on the the whole of your life. And I think any, any way to try and promote that is, is a, is a great way.
1: Yeah. It's great way all around, right. All yeah. around, not, not just for your physical body, for your mind and, um, and, and to live life and, be, you know, if we feel good about ourselves in physically, but also mentally. And if you, you know, if we have our quality of life dialed in, everybody around us benefit as well. Yeah. <laughs> we, well,
0: we can,
1: we can be more present and we feel better.
0: Yeah, that, that's yeah. so I, I've created like a, a new membership site and the, the name of it is called the the Inspire Uplift Club, because one one of the things that I always say when you take control of your, your health, your fitness, your nutrition, you, you inspire and uplift not only yourself, but the people around you. positivity attracts positivity. And when you're giving out positive vibes and you walk into a room, you can uplift that room and it can have such a ripple effect and such a, a knock on. Uh, effect yeah. so yeah it's a it's a really good point but I think we've pretty much covered everything that that I had uh, question-wise Then, so I just want to say thank you like I I love talking about this, this these kind of topics and I'm sure the people listening uh, a lot of people are going to be helped by the the things you've spoke about so thank you for that.
1: Yes of course anytime Adam I also love to talk about it and love to help women navigate through this you know challenging time it's it's definitely doable don't give up have a good coach like you supporting them and i'm so happy that you are so interested in these different topics right to help your your clients um so they can so they can feel better themselves so it's important to spread the the news and information out there
0: yeah exactly exactly yeah. but um where where can people find you i'll put links um on sort of like the youtube and the um podcast but where where can people find you because you're, you're active uh, posting content aren't you
1: instagram is my go-to that's where you know i tried other uh, social media outlets i don't have time for that yeah. <laughs> instagram is my go-to so i'm perimenopause underscore coach and that's where I I have all my information there, and I also have my website um, Anna A N N A a A-R-A-U-J-O, A R A U J O dot com, and, and yeah, the, that's I like to give as much information as possible. Like I, you know, we were talking earlier. I think it's important to um, just spread it out so it can be more of a positive thing and yeah. less of a fearful or like what is going on i don't know what's happening but with knowledge and support we can we can do it right yeah
0: definitely more mm-hmm. more conversations like this So well, i'm sure um we'll we'll be speaking again soon on the podcast because i really enjoyed yes. that but yeah thank you again i know and we'll uh we'll catch up soon
1: yes thank you cheers cheers bye